We are Friends in Art. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. We sing, compose songs and poems, play musical instruments, read and write books, paint pictures, and take photographs. We are playwrights, potters, sculptors, weavers, and storytellers. We are members of the audience and patrons of art museums. We celebrate beauty in all that surrounds us. We are friends in art. Join us in the art parlor for stimulating interviews, thoughtful conversations, and the latest art-related information. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream. FIA welcomes you to The Art Parlor, where visually impaired artists of all types will discuss their work. Pull up a chair, bring along your beverage of choice, and listen to thoughtful, stimulating conversations with visually impaired artists in all media and from all parts of the world. And now, here's your host, Lynn Heddle. Welcome to the first show in our inaugural podcast. We are in the art parlor, and we welcome all of you listeners. We have several members of our Friends in Art board, who I will briefly introduce, and we may be hearing from them later. We have Mr. Michael Byington, our treasurer. We have Nancy Pendergraf, who's not a board member, but she counts anyway. We have Mr. Peter Altschul, who's past president. We have June Link, who's our secretary. And we have Mr. Jason Castanguay, who is a board member and who is the co-host of this meeting and is trying to keep everyone straight and we have our guest in the art parlor this time who is a published author and poet and one of our board members and we're going to talk to her for a time and have her share some of her work with us i want to introduce you to annie chiapetta hello Hello, and welcome to the art parlor. I hope you have a cup of whatever you're drinking. We don't need to know what it is. <laughs> Unless you give a recipe. So, right. um, so joining us as our guest in the art parlor is published author and poet Annie Chiapetta, our board member, and becoming very well known as a published author and poet. Good afternoon, Annie. Good afternoon, Lynn. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. It is exciting, and you're so welcome and glad you're here. And would you start by just telling us what you have published so far and where can we get the items? And we'll review those at the end again. Sure. My first book, Upwelling Poems, was published in 2016. It's 23 poems. It's more like a chapbook. It's very slim volume of poems. My second book, uh, Follow Your Dog, A Story of Love and Trust, was published in 2017, and that's a memoir. It's a little longer. It's about 150 pages. And my third book was just recently released this past March of 2019. It's called Words of Life, Poems and Essays. And it has about 40 pieces in it, some short poetry, some essays. And they're all available through um, all ebook sellers, including Kindle Books, Amazon, Smashwords, iTunes, and they're all available in print on demand as well from Amazon and um, Barnes and Noble online. Mm -hmm. Also, the Follow Your Dog book 
is available on Bard, and uh, the Upwelling book is available on Audible. And uh, Words of Life is kind of struggling around <laughs> in the last uh, position, waiting for all these wonderful things to happen to it. But probably sometime next year, it will get uploaded. So, well, one can always hope. And you say that your first book was published in 2016. How did you get started writing in the first place? How did you start down this path? Well, let's see. I started writing when I was a little girl as a way to escape a lot of things that happened in my life. Um, I'm a child of divorce and there was a lot of stuff going on. So I wrote stories to, to escape, you know, get away, things like that. And then during school, uh, during my formative education, I was able to keep it going and develop it thanks to a lot of mentors. And it just so happens that when I began losing my vision back in the early 90s, I began relying more and more on the written word to help express some of the loss and feelings associated with losing my vision. Uh, and it just progressed from there. So that's how it started. And I just kept going. You talked about mentors. Did you have teachers or other writers that you read? Who are your mentors? My mentors were, of course, first my teachers and authors, of course. I mean, when, when, I was little, uh, I read a lot of like Dr. Seuss and stuff like that. Um, that's probably, uh, you know, where the poetry piece came in because there's a lot of rhyming and a lot of alliterations and, and um, you know, just making sure things were in patterns and iambic flow. So during high school, we did a lot of Shakespeare. We did a lot of form poetry and stuff like that. And... I'll shamefully admit that I was very much into the horses. I mean, what teenage girl isn't? And um, I don't know if anybody remembers Walter Farley. He wrote a whole bunch of books and a few of them were made into movies about the black stallion. Uh, so those were the kind of books I read, you know, in elementary school and going into middle school. Then of course the Hobbit came along and all that stuff. And, so there was a whole bunch of different things that led me along to want to write all different kinds of things. So, These poems that you have in your books and your memoirs, are they what you've collected from past years or are they more recent things that you've written? Most of them are probably starting from 19, the, early, the late 1980s, early 90s, and, and move along from that point. And uh, so I actually started out with a, um, a Smith Corona word processor with a little screen. I don't know if anybody remembers those, oh, yeah. but that's how I was writing <laughs> a lot of my stuff on a, and, you know, floppy disks and things like that. So once I got a computer, it was just like a brand new world. It was wonderful. So, um, yeah, but a lot of my stuff goes back. Yeah. And these have just been your favorites that you've collected into these published works that you have. So, what informs, you, we've talked about this a little bit before, the, the Dr. Seuss and the Hobbit, and obviously your dog, who everyone has great relationships with their dogs, hopefully, and they seem to have inspired lots of people to write poetry and other things, books. There, there's a lot of books, there are a lot of books about guide dogs out there. So what else informs your work besides those things? Relationships, uh, emotions. I believe that if I can focus on something like pain or joy or loss, 
or even, um, you know, an object, if I can put myself in a place of feeling, of expression, then I can create. I can create a poem. I can write an essay, uh, a short story. Uh, so that that's that's what where I go. I go to the the depth and the the feeling place. That's where my writing comes from. And when you write, does it all just come out of you? Do you have to have certain conditions that are present when you write, like run everyone out of the house, turn on music, or <laughs> what? What do you have to do for yourself to make yourself get in this creative zone that people talk about? Getting in the zone. So inviting the muse for me means having a nice comfortable place to sit. So I have an office, uh, my computer, of course. Um, sometimes my dogs are with me, sometimes they're not. I turn off the telephone. I make sure I have a quiet and meaningful place for me so that I can connect with those feelings and get what I need done and get what I need written. And, and you know, I don't, I don't like being interrupted when I'm in, in that space and my family knows that. <laughs> so they know to clear out. Oh, yeah. You have a sign. I'm in the zone. Stay out. When my doors, when my when my office doors close, that means do not bother her. She'll be mad. Yeah. Mm. Uh -huh. <laughs> so once you get it down, uh, how many times do you do you go back and edit it yourself, rewrite it, uh, change it? Because I'm doing that all the I mean, time to what I write. I, yeah. Um, it depends, really. Sometimes I will write down like the, the guts and, and like the maybe just write a piece about like I want to write about what it's like um, meeting, you know, I don't know, me meeting a stranger on the street and having them help me and how it feels. And that was it. And then I'll leave it for a while and then I'll go back to it and I'll start fleshing it out and um, I'll put in the imagery. I'll recall the smells, you know, what time of year it was and I'll start really you know expanding it and then maybe i'll put it away again and then maybe i'll go back to it um so it each piece is different uh and i can't say really what makes things happen the way it does some of them get written like it's one shot and it's done mm -hmm. and i get shocked when that happens i feel like something is it's not me that's writing <laughs> it is something else it's yeah, um, it's been expressed by many writers. It's not, I'm not writing it. It's just coming through me. I'm the channel yes. or the vessel. Yes. Yeah. So sure. that, that's a neat feeling. So when you get all of these things, the things you've previously written, do you, uh, did you go have an editor or someone else to look at the um, work before it was published? Or what was the publishing process that you had to go through for these that you've published? Uh, it's a great question. I went the independent publishing route because I felt that uh, I didn't want to waste my time trying to secure an agent and a publisher. And it's all about who you know. And uh, to be honest with you, I you know I'm I don't know these big magnificent publishing people that all these other people seem to know. So um, <laughs> so I decided to do it myself, and it was frustrating at first. But then I met the right people. And those people were DLD books, and uh, they're an editorial and preparation book service. They're not a publishing house. So the copyright and everything still is retained by me. They just help me format things. They help me get everything up into the cloud. They did help the book cover, all that stuff. So all the desktop publishing uh, is what DLD books did. But before I sent it to them, I did have my manuscript looked over by um, 
my sister who sighted. She helped me do, you know, basic formatting stuff. So there would be less work for DLD. But once you, once a book prep service gets your manuscript, you have to be ready to do things really quickly and like yesterday because they are working against time. You know, they're, they're, it's time is money and money is time. And so when they say we need these revisions, they mean them, they need them as soon as possible. You can't sit on anything. You have to get things done right away. Wow. And that's, yeah, it's, mm. it's a, so that's a wild ride. Do you get stressed out when, when people edit your work and say, you need to change this and this? I mean, I guess some people will be sensitive to what they've, their creation being uh, somebody suggested that, suggesting that they change what they've created. Are you sensitive about that? Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know who would it be. I really, you know, really. <laughs> but we, I do it with uh, hopefully um, some kind of, uh, you know, uh, appreciation because they're right usually when somebody says something which gives you a you know the attention it needs and the you know and is able to communicate with you and express why something needs to be changed um usually they're right so i get over it and um and i cooperate and it's usually to the benefit of my writing so um so yeah it's you know it's just something that's part of the way of the yeah. writer. <laughs> is yeah. that usually a grammar thing, a wording? I would think you would, you know, they wouldn't want you to be changing your words. Um, no, but, you know, it's funny. Uh, one of my poems from my first collection, I was using a word that didn't really exist. And, you know, we argued a little bit about it, and then we just found a replacement word. So, hmm. okay. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I would think as a creator, it is your right to use words that don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it, it didn't have a past. Uh, the, the word was Don, like not the, it was like, like Don, like put something on. Well, apparently there's no past tense of that. It's just D-O-N and it's, it's a Germanic word. And um she was like, no, you need to, you know, you need to use another uh, word. It's not working. And I'm okay. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, I don't yeah, know. I'm not so, sure I agree with it. I think there is a, I think I've seen that. But oh, well. it was, yeah. I, so I, I chose clad instead mm, of, and, okay. and yeah, mm -hmm. it worked. Yeah. So, Good. so yeah, you do have to compromise with your people and they're, they're really uh, there for you. They're there to represent you in the best way possible to the reader so it's important that you have a good working relationship with your editors with your book publishing services with your writers groups with your critiquing groups and 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 i've been fortunate to have those positive relationships so talk about the writers groups and critiquing groups that you're involved and in that help you with with these oh sure um well <clears throat> Long, long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, I was a member of a critique group um, that we, we would do like a round robin magazine. We would hand write, we would type in things, and then we would send copies to each other, and then we would swap. So it was like a writer swap. And this was when I had more vision and I could use a, a magnification and, you know, I didn't rely on a, exclusively on screen reader. So we did that for a long time, and that helped a lot. That was about 10 or 12 years and those people really did help me develop my skills, help me develop my ability to accept rejection, you know, and criticism versus critique, things like that. So moving forward, I lost more vision 
And I, I really felt that I needed a critique group that was also comprised of writers with disabilities or visual impairments. So I found Behind Our Eyes and they have been wonderful. I've, I've been fortunate to be a part of their community for many years and they've really helped a lot with sharing critiques and feedback and it's just been wonderful, wonderful organization. They have a, a literary magazine that comes out a couple times a year called Magnets and Ladders and I've been in Magnets and Ladders a few times. So if you're a writer and you're serious about your writing, you, you really should have a stable way to, uh, in, a, in a solid bunch of folks that, that help you and, and also you help them, you know, give it back. I would so. think that would make or break potential writers if they had such a group. That's probably why they're successful. And if they didn't, maybe they wouldn't be. So yeah. it's so important. Yes, it is very important. So you go to festivals and places to present your writings and you do readings and things like that? Yes, I do. I, I fell into it accidentally. I, you know, I didn't really think that I could pull it off, uh, but I did. And now I can do poetry readings and presentations pretty much anywhere as long as there's a Wi-Fi signal or, you know, I can bring my laptop and um, set it up. So um, I do what they call audio prompting. I keep an earpiece in my ear and I format my material in a way so that I can follow along um, with audio prompts uh, while I'm recitating or so, performing. So you're hearing something and saying something else. Yes. That's a little scary. Mm. <laughs> Which <laughs> takes some practice. Because <clears throat> I know does. that when you hosted the showcase for us last summer, you mm -hmm. had a phone and you had your prompts there and no one would have ever known that you weren't reading that. It was just so smooth and so well done. And well, thank you. we want to ask you to share some of your work in a few minutes. Just one okay. question, and, and we'll see if anyone else, Jason, has any questions. Who, who inspires you now? Who do you read? What authors are you, are you into? Oh, uh, wow. Um, I read a lot of fantasy and science fiction. And the poetry that I read is usually, uh, it's a lot of small press poetry. You know, I usually, uh, I belong to small uh, poetry magazines, online magazines like the Sunlight Press and uh, the Pangolin Review. And I just find that they're less pretentious and they're more open to emerging uh, voices in poetry and um, literature. So so that's where I get my poetry feed from. Mm -hmm. And then I listen to everything, fiction, nonfiction. Um, I'm pretty eclectic with, with right now I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading a romance novel written way back in the 1980s and it's pretty silly but I, I find it fun and entertaining so um then i might switch to something else i might go and um read some read some nonfiction. or i read uh just the other day i read the the fred rogers biography and it was um narrated by lavar burton and it was wonderful and i, I really enjoyed it so cool Jason, why don't we see if anyone has a raised hand or would like to ask a question okay. at this point? Okay, so far it's pretty quiet here. All right. If no one has questions, well, I can read. Maybe they will think, yep. why don't you share some of your work with us? Lynn, you had asked me to read a serious piece and then read a fun piece. So I'm going to read the serious piece first. Okay. It's called Chasing Grief, and it is the 
a final poem of um, my first book, Upwelling. It's the last poem in the collection. Fear catches my heart like fleece on thorns, delicate wisps of hope, helplessly snagged upon sharpened, wicked little prongs of fate. I want to pluck the tufts, rescue them from the brambles, ask the fragrant meadow breeze to deflect the pain, the sorrow. Like the faithful companion, I want to plead to the shepherd not to allow the cancer predator to claim its prey. I listen and watch, vigilant, as the woolly grazers flow and rub, parting with their fleece, oblivious to the waiting spikes bordering the pasture. Malignant yellow eyes lurk behind the thorny cover, waiting to strike. I tremble with trepidation, fear quivering along my flanks. I witness the loss and see the one devoid of flaws and know this is the you, the mother, the one caught and denuded and being cunningly culled by the predator. My whine is heard, yet the shepherd bids me to stay. I am overcome with frustration and crouch miserably at his feet. Snout between paws, I hear him speak. The cycle that began will soon be complete. I snap my jaws, twitch and claw the ground in defeat. Wretched thing that I am, not yet the sheep. This is mother, love, this is patience. Lulled into parting her wool, lured into losing her soul. I howl and tremble, unable to tear and rend apart the shadow-stalking mother, yet I stay. Heel beside the shepherd's hand, resigned, reminded of ashes and dust, of rebirth. One day, my kin will witness the predation, howl and curse the end. By then, I will be the lamb, and like mother, return to the pasture, as life and death have planned the end. Beautifully expressed. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Before you read the other one, could you talk about that one a little bit? What inspired that? And My mother, um, she had a battle with lymphoma, and that was the poem I wrote um, right before she died. I was okay. just so angry. <laughs> and, we could feel uh, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I had to find a way to be able to just get better acquainted with those emotions. And every time I read this poem, it gets easier. And so I know that helps me in my grief process as well. So. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that yeah, with us. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. So the next one, <laughs> it's about my guide dog and it was in the Braille form. I think last year. So, and it's called dog gone. Good, good dog, guide dog, love what you do. Cool dog, goofy boy. So much respect for you. Yellow dog. Poochie Poo, with a big brown nose, steps out, nostrils flared, catching, air-scented code. Guide dog, good dog, there's so much we do. In you, there is acceptance, loyalty, my moods don't have you fooled. Big dog, bigger heart, grateful to be a pair. Stepping out, I want to shout, I trust in your care. Good dog, guide dog, my heart is full. Love you to the moon and back. Glad to be matched with you. The end. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah. 
for my baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how many dogs have you had? This is my second guide dog. Uh, actually, my first guide dog, her birthday is today. She's 13. Oh, happy mm. birthday. Yeah, Verona's 13. Yeah. So I've had dogs all my life. I've trained dogs all my life, you know. Uh, so um, having a guide dog is just like a natural progression for me. Do they figure more in your humorous poetry than your serious poems? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> full of... <laughs> yeah. I even have a... I, I have something called a poo haiku. It's about, <laughs> yeah. Can you do that yeah. one? <laughs> uh, I don't you know. Um, it, no, uh, I should have brought it up, but I don't. Um, it's about losing losing the nuggets in the snow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow. So there's a there's a lot. There's you know everything is an opportunity for something, whether it's a haiku or um, a longer piece. I, I just. I find the ability to, you know, even people who say they can't write poetry can write something. Do you, do you uh, know what you're going, when you're going to write a poem, does it, do, you, do the words just come out or do you say, I'm going to write this pattern, I'm going to use this, I guess oh, they call it scanning. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember that way back. The, so do you know how yeah. you're going to, how the poem's going to scan or does it just, no, it I am. Um, Sometimes I, you know, sometimes I want it to rhyme and I, I want it to come out like uh, a sonnet. Um, I, or, you know, or, or I want the the rhythm and the beat to be a certain way. Um, I want the stanzas to interact with a uh, a rhyme structure, uh, you know. And it just it's the poem itself. Writing in fixed poetic form is cha- very challenging. I was just going to um, say, I bet it's harder to write that way than it is. Oh to yes, write free form. It is very challenging. You have to know what, what you're doing and you have to be able to play around with it and, and really work hard, especially with sonnets um, or uh, ambassadorian type work, because, you know, if you go out of the fixed standard, somebody's going to criticize you and say, oh, no, you, you had too many beats in that one. You got to, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I like free free verse better because of that. But it may not be free, free verse. It may be my standard of stanza work or um you know i may want to rhyme the first and third lines but maybe not the second and the fourth uh so it all depends the poems kind of tell me what they want to do Mm -hmm. could you talk a little again maybe review what you what your books and where people can get them and then what you have coming up and maybe um a way that people can get in touch with you if they want sure yeah. Uh, well, I um, I have a website called anchapetta.com and uh, you, you want to spell and, that? And, yes, I will. It's a n n c h i a p p e t t a dot c o m, and uh, there is uh, I have a video up there of my my stuff that I did in Rochester, and also there's uh, lots of interviews and and other uh, radio appearances and things like that. You can learn all about me at anchapetta.com. I also have a blog, and I would love to have people follow my blog. I'm trying to reach 500 followers, mm. and that's www.thought-wheel.com. Like the turning wheel? Yes, and there's a dash in between thought and okay. the word wheel, so thought-wheel.com. Okay. Okay. And uh, I would love to hear from anybody who you know would like to email me. I can give you my email address. It's A-N-N-I-E-C-M-S-6-4 at gmail.com. 
and uh, I'd like to interact with people and um, I'd love to hear from anyone who'd want to um, email me. So, okay, uh, we have a question yeah, from Nancy. Question. So let me unmute. Oh. Okay, well, Nancy. Not all Hi, Nancy. Hi, Annie. I wanted just to first of all say that though I know there are a lot of books out about guide dogs, yours is written so well and many more dimensions than just about you and your dog because it talks about your vision loss and in some ways that I think a lot of people really could, you know, find that something they could really relate to and and be inspired by, you know, about getting through the vision loss and stuff too. And I liked your poem about the guide dog that you read for us too. Oh, thank you, Nancy. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted the book to be more than just about my dogs. I wanted it to be about, you know, what it's like for the person, the family, the, you know. It is great. So, uh, and, and it's on Bard. Thank you. As you say it so. Yes, it is on Bard. Yes, no, it is. No, the number. I saw it yesterday. Oh, I don't know about the number, but that's not how I hunt them anyway. Just look her name up. Right. <laughs> I, I don't have the Bard number memorized. I'm sorry. Me neither. <laughs> But 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 we spelled but we could but since you spelled your name and if they didn't get it one more round you might remind them that and they could look up that by author and there it'll be right could we put it in the um the meeting notes like you know the podcast is kind of like yeah we would like to compile some notes we are as I said this is our first one you talked about so many important resources you know about the groups that you are involved in and. Your, also put that um, blog address in the yeah the, the blog address and your website so yes there are lots of resources that we could share with people and that's what I hope this um, art parlor is the beginning of is a reaching out on to other people and we would like to you know include some of these on our website as we grow that site in the future change things there and make more things available for people so uh, we're going to also have, we probably will by the time this show airs, have an email address at ACB Radio where we can be contacted, and that would be artparlor at acbradio.org. Artparlor, one word, at acbradio.org. So if anyone has feedback or questions of any kind or suggestions, if anyone would like to be on the show, know someone who would like to be on the show. I think we're going to have an endless list of potential guests because I don't think there is a podcast such as this that interviews specifically visually impaired artists of all types. And that's what we aim to do here. So. All right. Anyone else with a question? Okay. I'm thinking if I don't see anyone coming up soon maybe we can just unmute everybody and we can okay. have a go at just a open session here so oh my little my keyboard shortcut for unmuting everybody doesn't appear to work the way i thought it would so let's do it this way okay oh, everybody I with us that. ah hello ah. and and i bet you all hogged up all the scones or scones whichever way that is it's the mm. scones or scones i think if you're in ireland they're scones maybe scones okay I mean, if you're going to have Madam a team. Yes, sir. Yes, I had a question. And uh, for some reason, when I pushed my star uh, four, I wasn't showing up uh, on we, Jason's We thought panel. it might work, but maybe it doesn't. So what is your question, <laughs> sir? Well, Annie, what I would like to 
have you take a memory walk back to is the time that you had written some stuff and you realized, oh, I'm a writer. Now I want to publish. And you somehow have done a great job of getting your work exposed in many, many outlets. And I'd like to hear about that growth process and that research process and just exactly what you did to move from a person who creatively writes stuff to a person who really knows how to get that stuff circulated. Okay. Well, maybe there should be a separate podcast just for that. (laughs) Because it took a long time. It didn't just happen all at once. I think what what got me motivated more than anything else is people saying, yeah, it's, it's worth, you know, sending your poem into this uh, dialogue magazine was the first place I sent a lot of my writing to. And because of the positive acceptance from dialogue magazine, that really propelled me into saying, Hey, you know, Hey, I could do this somewhere else maybe, or, um, you know, I'm going to keep track of, of, where my stuff's going to go. So I think a lot of it is just having confidence in yourself and your and confidence in your work and not being afraid to share your work with other people. And because most of the feedback that I received was positive, it just feeds on itself and you do more and you want to achieve more. And, you know, there were a lot of things that contributed to that. You know, a lot of my college papers were really great. A lot of my professors recommended you know that I keep going and keep working and achieving and I did um, it was it easy no it was really hard and there's there was a lot of rejection letters and a lot of people saying no you know you'll you know this is not what we want to hear or this isn't you know right for us or you know so there's a, all of that but I really believed that I had something that could help somebody else and I think that's what why I write now is because if I have a poem or an essay and it helps just one person feel better or cope better or give them a, you know an idea how to uh, overcome something that means I've been successful moving all of that into the publishing and the marketing field it helped me develop that wherewithal to keep going because it's easy to say oh I can't do this anymore it's too hard I don't feel like going into um, you know that little bookstore and saying to them, would you be able to sell my book? And then they say, oh no, we're not interested. And then walking out with your head up high, that's hard to do. Um, and I've had to do that a few times. And you know, you do get turned away. So all of those things contribute to how successful you are, how you view yourself. Those people that you know maybe had said, you know, you'll maybe you'll never publish your own book or, you know, you'll never be able to do something like that. You know, you're blind. That kind of stuff is what fueled me to doing it. (laughs) So um, I proved people wrong. And, uh, and in doing so, I, I helped myself feel better and move on and do more. So, well, thank you for uh, such a good answer for the question that I previously asked. This is Michael Byington. Oh, uh, I hope I answered it. No, well, I think to the extent that anyone can, uh, you, you did. I, I think that's, uh, I have enjoyed asking that of a number of different uh, new authors. 
and nobody answers it quite the same way. So if there are other writers <laughs> on, you may hear me ask the same question again. And that's not because you didn't give it a good answer. We would love to uh, expand our our membership through this art parlor. And, uh, you know, the art parlor is a benefit for everyone, but it's kind of like National Public Radio or something like that. If you join, then you feel ownership of uh, the wonderful things that we're doing to promote the arts. So just a thought. Yes. Well, I just want to thank everyone for coming and joining us and enjoying their favorite whatever it is they're drinking. We don't need to know what it is. Um, <laughs> just, you know. If it's good, share it. <laughs> but. I uh, hopefully, you know, this is going to be a continuing thing. Well, not hopefully, it will be. We will do this with your help and with your support. Please, again, get in touch with us at artparlor at acbradio.org. And you, you will also... hear, um, you know, promos and things on ACB Radio about when the show is going to air. In we... case we didn't already say, to learn more about Friends in Art, go to friendsinart.com. Yes. <laughs> Friendsinart.com. www.friendsinart.com. And you will be seeing some changes there in the next um, few months as we attempt to um, do some work on the website and so that we can add more content to it, such as some of these wonderful resources that were mentioned in this broadcast. So thank you all again for listening and um, be patient with us as we start this journey and we will find other ways that you can communicate with us as we grow. And thanks again for coming along. Since there's a little more time, with Anne's permission, I'm going to post a couple of poems from the 2019 FIA Showcase for the Performing Arts. Enjoy. I'm going to do two pieces of performance poetry. Um, one of them is, is about my guide dogs of course, <laughs> big part of my life. Um, and the other one is a new piece um, about um, something we all have a, probably have a love-hate relationship with, so anticipation is a good thing to do. All right, so the first piece is called In Those Dark Moments by Anne Chapetta. In those dark moments when eyesight doesn't matter, where light burns, and stars stay undiscovered. The grip of the handle eases the panic like a mother's hand. Warm nose finds the way down the hall, up the stairs, into the store. Like the familiar sounds of morning, the light click of toenails on tile reassures. I grip the handle and follow. The soft jingle of leather and brass and faint canine scent conveys that in those darkest moments I am not alone. The end. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the next poem is called On the Tip of a Finger. Tap. Flick up. Tap. Flick down. 
laptop. Use a digit. Drag it around. Press side button. Hello, Siri. Why doesn't she talk? Slide and lift. Thumbs are best to text. Swipe up with index finger. Tap tap to select. <clears throat> Tippity tap tap. Doink doink doink. Try middle finger gesture instead. <laughs> Spell onomatopoeia. Not ammonia. <sighs> Swish, swoosh, blunk. Dexterity demands phalanges. To execute a pinch or a scrub. Hi Siri. I didn't say that. Slide and lift. Thumbs are best to text. Swipe up with index finger. Tap tap to select. The end. <laughs> Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this first edition of Art Parlor, brought to you by Friends in Art. It can be heard every Wednesday, beginning at 7 p.m., repeating various times throughout the week. For a full schedule, visit acbradio.org mainstream. For more information about Friends in Art and Art Parlor, visit friendsinart.com. If you would like to contact the host, email artparlor.com at acbradio.org. Thank you so much for listening.